Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. I love this series called Playlist because Todd and I have shared the same thing. Nothing touches us like music. It takes us back through the memories of our lives and stories and feelings. And so much of the music that we love also speaks to us about God. A dear friend of mine sent me a wonderful quote from Mr. Sidney Lanier this week, and I want to share with you what he wrote. Music is love and search of a word. It's true. It can touch us. It can soften us. Music is love and search of a word. So what we've been doing in this playlist is looking at some of those. We ask our congregation to tell us what is your favorite song that speaks to you about God? And we had over 200 nominees that came in of songs that spoke to people about God. And we're doing this kind of Casey Kasem style, doing a countdown. So we began uh, with number four on the list was Home by Philip Phillips that we did two weeks ago. Number three on the list was Fix You by Coldplay that we did last week. This week, Love Without End, Amen from Mr. George Strait that you heard. Now next week is a surprise. So you got to come back and see what made the number one on the list, but I just love that song because you sing along and it makes you happy. And like every good sermon, that song operates on several levels. One level is how we love each other and our human relationships, but it also tells us how God loves us. That's why I love that last verse and chorus. Remember what, how it goes, that last verse? It said, let me tell you a secret about a father about a father's love, a secret that my daddy said was just between us. You see, daddies don't just love their children every now and then. It's a love without end. Amen. That's how God loves us. And I love the story of the song. Mr. Aaron Barker actually wrote the song, and it happened. He wrote the song for his son. He wrote this song to his son. He said his son was 16. He was in kind of one of those rebellious teenage seasons. And he happened to take the family car on a joy ride. And just so happened as he was driving, one of the tires ended up on the front hood of a brand new Porsche. (laughs) Now you know how daddies respond to news like that. Well, he did, and he had a reaction when he got the news, and then he worried, was he too hard on his son? Was he not hard enough on his son? And he really thought back to that emotion that he was feeling and what he was going through, and he dug deep into that, and I love his reflection. Listen to what he wrote about that moment. He said, my son was born when I was 17, and I thought, this will be great. We'll grow up together. When he was 16, he started finding his own independence. And and then the moment of the car I just mentioned to you happened. He said, that was the night. It really came to the reality to me that I had to be the dad. I couldn't just be his friend. And I got on him pretty hard. He said all he could do in that moment was get on his knees and play his guitar about it. The question I was asking is, how can you be that mad at somebody and still love them that much? Where does that ability come from? This song was the answer to it. That's the way God loves us. With a love without end, 
Amen. I was thinking about that. Have you been seeing in the news? I love this. The, the Webb Space Telescope is sending back pictures, and they're amazing. I'm just astounded as you look at some of these galaxies that were formed hundreds of millions of years ago. And as I look at these pictures and I marvel at the news reports, I, I go back to Genesis and think in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was God's love that was forming and shaping this universe. And it's God's love that is still forming and shaping this universe with a love without end. Amen. And I thought about when my son Jay was a little boy, we started a little tradition in our family that we passed on and... (laughs) I shouldn't have looked at his picture. We're not going to talk about a daddy's love. <laughs> we started a tradition in our family. We will say, I love you, all the numbers. And by that, we mean I love you, infinity. Nothing could ever make us stop loving each other. My friends, that's how we ought to love those around us. All the numbers with a love without end, amen. And that's how we proclaim God's love. That's our witness to the world that God loves us. All the numbers with a love without end, amen. And we see that in our scripture lesson for today. One of the most beloved passages, the love hymn from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a great scripture that we're so familiar with. Before we dive in, remember Paul's writing this letter to the church at Corinth. He had planted the church around the year A.D. 50 or so in that general range, and and then things started going bad in the church. They started fighting. They started having some different theological understandings, picking different leaders. They weren't getting along with each other. And so he wrote the letter four years after the founding, about A.D. 54, plus or minus, and he said, guys, you need to understand you belong together. You were knit together, and he said, you've got to learn to get along. You've got to learn to love each other. You've got to learn to move beyond your differences and live with that. And then in chapter 12, he talks about spiritual gifts. And he said, God gives us all these gifts, but gifts to the church are like parts of the human body. They all fit together. You all need each other. You belong to each other. And then he ends chapter 12 with these wonderful words. This is how he ends the chapter. Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And the more excellent way is chapter 13. And so if you got your Bibles, let's turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we'll, we'll hear what Paul writes to us. Hear the word of the Lord. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, but do not have long, love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. 
Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. This powerful scripture, as we break it down, is divided into three parts. The first part is Paul is saying, I don't care what your spiritual gifts are, as dramatic and talented, as wonderful as they are, if you don't have love, it's not worth a hill of beans. It's just like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal out of tune. And then he gives us these gritty characteristics of love and reminds us love is not just an emotion or a feeling, it's a way of living. And then the last part of the hymn ends based on verse 8. Love never ends. It's a love without end. Amen. And once we realize that, we live in a, in a, in a different spirit, a different approach to the world. In fact, Todd and I got to see that this week. We saw the video of the youth mission trip. We got to go to Arkansas this week and spend times with our young people. And I have to tell you, I, I come back walking on a cloud because our young people are amazing. Our youth and our youth staff and all the adults that went for that week. I tell you, we go visit all the sites. They were doing substantial, hard, difficult work. And I will tell you, it is just as hot in Little Rock as it is in Texas. And so it was hot. And many of their sites had no shade trees. And they just did amazing work. And, but more than that, we visited with the homeowners and the people they were working with. And consistently, we heard the same thing with every group. They said, your students were amazing. They're polite, they're kind, they're respectful, they're friendly. And, and, and we heard things like they're an answer to prayer. We heard things like we're seeing a miracle in the, in the flesh. They were just bragging on the students. And Todd and I feel a little guilty because they're working so hard. And we go to every site and give them uh, snow cones. And so we're delivering snow cones to the groups and it's fun to, for them to take a little break and get a snow cone. And then the neighborhood kids come out and we give everybody a snow cone. And it's so much fun to do that. And at one of our sites, we stopped and there was an older couple sitting on the front porch and they were watching all these youth working and they saw the snow cone truck drive up. And we said, come on, y'all want a snow cone? You're welcome to have one. We could, they were a little nervous. They weren't sure. I said, it's free. It won't cost you think come get a snow cone they were still nervous and so I was taking all this in and all of a sudden I watched our pastor Todd this won't surprise you at all he walked up to the couple he took their order and delivered them a snow cone in fact I watched I was just taking it all in and Todd made them a grape snow cone that was the most robust snow cone you have ever seen there was so much syrup on that I don't know how Todd did spill it all down the street 
but I was just watching that moment and watching our youth and watching everybody serving. And I thought, that's the gospel. That's love in action. That's how we're called to live every day, every season of life, wherever we go. Put our love in action. That's how we're going to change the world. That's how we're going to make a difference in the world by practicing this scripture. In fact, I was reading a devotional this week and the writer was talking about her mother that made a huge impact on her and she shared a little bit of her mother's story. Her mother, she said, started a a house, an interracial house in Atlanta, Georgia in the 1960s. It was a place where civil rights workers could come and have a safe haven and be loved and, and safe and she could just love on them. And it was an amazing kind of ministry during that season. And the writer said, my mother's life philosophy, her mission was to live out 1 Corinthians 13. And then she said, this was my mother's mission. Listen to what she said. Her mother's philosophy of life was there is no scarcity. There is no shortage, no lack of love, of compassion, of joy in the world. There is enough. There's more than enough. Only fear and greed make us think otherwise. No one needs starve. There's enough land and enough food. No one need die of thirst. There's enough water. No one need live without mercy. There is no end to grace, and we're all instruments of grace. The more we give it, the more we share it, the more we use it, the more God makes. There's no scarcity of love. There is plenty and always more because love never ends. It's a love without end. Amen. But but if that's true, if love, if real love never ends, if that's true, and it is, if it's true, why do we have such, such a hard time believing it? Why do we have such a a hard time accepting it. Why, why do we, why do you and I, why do we keep on speaking and thinking and reasoning like a kid? Why do we keep on feeling like a kid, refusing to grow up stuck in our, our childish ways? Because I'll tell you, of, of all the feelings out there, of all the emotions God created, love is the most mature. Love is truly the most complex. In fact, I remember, I remember growing up and, and going to church and, and I couldn't have been any older than 13 or 14 years old. And, and I remember the preacher in the pulpit and he said we had, to re, we had to protect those words. A preacher told us that we had to protect the words, I love you. We had to protect them, we had to guard them, we had to defend them. They weren't words that you just throw around all willy-nilly. And, and I guess that, that message really sunk in to me. Because to this day, there's only one woman that I've ever said I love you to in that, in that special I love you sort of way. Love was something that had to be guarded, had to be protected, it had to be saved. Love had to be earned. And for as, a, and for as wise as I think that counsel once was in my life, as, as wise as I think it was back then, I, I think there's also, there is a profound danger about it too. 
Because if we go too far down that road, if we go too far down that love must be earned sort of road, we run the risk of reducing love down to this, to this sick sort of, uh, of, of conditional thing that really isn't love at all. It just becomes this, this self-serving sentimentality. It becomes this really juvenile sort of emotion that, that Hallmark is surely going to make a killing off of. Love with, love with caveats, love with exceptions and expiration dates, love with an end. Amen. And I reckon that most of us in this room, at some point in our lives, most of us, if not all of us, I reckon that, that maybe we've all been burned, we've been hurt by a love like that. We've been We've been hurt, we've been wounded by, by a love that had strings attached. Contingent. In fact, I was, uh, I was reading something. I was reading something in a magazine the other day. It was this, it was this weird little side story. It was a sidebar story, a true life story about this couple out in, couple out in, uh, in California. It's a young couple. They just bought a boat. And they were so excited about taking that boat out onto the lake for the, for the very first time. And so the, the wife, she backed their, their pickup truck down the boat ramp and the husband, for his part, the, the husband unhooked it. He unhitched the boat and he, he launched it out into the water, launched it out into the lake. And as they were going along, as they were scooting across the lake, they realized that their boat, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't handling like it was supposed to. It wasn't handling right. I mean, the, the guy had his brand new Mercury engine. He had it, he had it full throttle and it was just, it was just kind of pokey. It was just, just kind of slow. It was going, but it wasn't going fast. And so the guy, he, he killed the engines and he went back to the back and he took a look. He wanted to see if he could see if anything was wrong, but everything, everything looked okay. And about that time, there was another boater that was going across the lake and he saw this couple stranded out in the middle. And so he circled back to him and pulled up alongside and asked if everything was okay. He was asking what was going on. And the, the guy in the boat, in the dead boat, the, the, the guy kind of told him what was going on. And the other gentleman asked if he might be able to help. He didn't, would you mind if I kind of look around? The guy said, we'd love that, we'd love that. And, and it didn't take this other guy too long to, to figure out, it didn't take him too long to spot the problem. Um, you see it? Check the front of the boat, I'll give you a clue. Check the front of the boat, because apparently this young couple, uh, whenever, whenever they unhitched their boat from the truck, they unhitched the whole thing. I mean, trailer and all. And as they were scooting across the lake, as they were sailing across the lake, they were towing the trailer with them the entire time. It was just, it was just underwater. And, and I wonder how many of us this morning, I, I wonder how many of us are just like that. We are in here and we are going through life. We are going, we are just going great guns. We are going full throttle ahead. All the while, though, we are towing a lifetime's worth of woundedness and baggage along with us. All of that stuff, all of our junk, just, just hidden right beneath the surface. All of our guilt, all of our shame, our brokenness, our fear, all those lessons we've learned from all of our failed attempts at love, all those lessons that we've brought along with us, all, those, all of our fear, a fear of, of being hurt again. A fear of being rejected again. Our fear of love 
ending again. But that's the thing about, that's the thing about God's love. It doesn't end. It never ends. It is a love without end. Amen. And the only thing that it's contingent upon is us. The only thing it's contingent upon is us believing it. It's it's us receiving it. God loves you. Hear it. Hear it in your heart, hear it in your, wherever you need to hear it this morning, God loves you. Full stop. And yeah, on a morning like this, whenever we're talking about a subject like this, we got to just go ahead and admit it. We got to go ahead and confess it. Yeah, there are going to be times like in any relationship, there are going to be times when we disappoint God. There are going to be times when, when we let him down. But it's, it's like what my, my mother-in-law told me on the day of our wedding. She, she pulled me aside and she said, Todd, Todd, now you don't always have to like our daughter, she said, but you do always have to love her. And I just, I pray to God that she told that to Carrie too, because good <laughs> Lord knows I need it. Uh, but there's a massive difference. There is a world of difference between those two emotions there. There's a world of difference between those two feelings, liking and loving. Newsflash, we're human. It means we're going to blow it. It means that we're going to do things. There are going to be times when we say things. There are going to be times whenever we think things that God won't like. And the only reason that God doesn't like it is because he just wants the best from us. It's only because he just wants the best for us. But even in those times, even in those times, God still loves us. Even in those times when we struggle to love ourselves, God still loves us. And so, so whatever baggage you may towing and wake with you this morning, whatever guilt, whatever shame, whatever failure or fault, whatever fear, you look that lie straight in the eyes and you tell it that there is nothing, that there is nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love of God we find in Christ Jesus. Because in Him, in Him we're pardoned and we're renewed and we're restored and we're redeemed. It's a love without end. Amen. And so I guess, I guess there were questions for us this morning, then is how? How on earth, or, or maybe how in heaven can God, can an all good and all perfect God, how can God love us like that? How can a perfect God love broken and flawed human beings like us? How can God love creatures like us with this unending, unstopping, unrelenting sort of love? How does God love us? And then how on earth do we figure out how to love like that ourselves? I think the, the first part, I think just for starters, and it's a pretty big place to start. It's a truth we see all through Scripture that, that true love, true love is about real forgiveness. In fact, I love it. I love it that 
some of your Bibles this morning, whenever Pastor John read that, that passage from, from 1 Corinthians 13, I love that some of your Bibles translated the very end of verse 5 to say that love keeps no record of wrongs. Forgiveness. And like I said, it's hard. It's, it's hard if you're like me. It's hard if you're a person who really likes winning. It's hard if you're a person who really likes keeping score. It's a hard thing to do, to stop, to stop taking down our little list, to stop fighting dirty, because you know what? No one ever wins like that. And it's truth. It's a picture we see all throughout the Bible, God's love, God's forgiveness. And I, I, I just wanted to share like three of my favorite passages this morning. Uh, first, this, this from the, the prophet Micah, Micah chapter 7 talking about whenever God forgives us, it's like Him taking all of our sin and throwing it into the depths of the sea. Forgotten, never to be seen again. Our sin, the worst parts about us, when forgiven by God, they get thrown into the depths of the sea. And so maybe this morning, what some of us need to do, we just need to stop scuba diving. We we need to stop going around and and revisiting those things that in God have already been forgiven. Or this from the psalmist that says that in in God's forgiveness and God's unending love, He removes our transgressions from us, that He removes them as far as as east is from the west. Finally, probably my favorite, at least my favorite right now in this season of my life, the 130th Psalm. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, Lord, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you so that you may be revered. And if our good and perfect heavenly Father isn't keeping score, then who on earth are we to try? The only way that love doesn't end is for us to forgive and for us to forget. But, um, but I don't mean what, what you probably think I mean. Because whenever I talk uh, about forgetting, what I'm talking about is we, we need to get to the place where we forget ourselves. Because true love, true love is, is also about real sacrifice. It's about selflessness. In, in, this, world that has, in this world that has gone mad with, its, with its, its own understanding, with this transactional understanding of love, I will love you only if. I will only love you when. And then us trying to even put those terms, those conditions in our love for God. In this world that's gone mad with its its transactional understanding of love, God calls us to a love that transforms. It's a love, it's a love that's supposed to change us. It's supposed to change how we believe and, and how we behave because it's not about us, it's not about me. Life. Love, they're, they're not about me. They're not about me getting my needs met. Nah, love, love is about me making sure that your needs are met. And if we're on the same page, and I know that's a really big risky if, but if we're on the same page, you see, we will spend a lifetime serving one another. We will serve one another in this unbroken, unending cycle of compassion and, and encouragement and support. Friends, we got we got to stop taking what isn't ours to take. And we got to start giving what is ours to give. 
No greater love, Jesus said. No greater love has anyone than this, than that they would lay down their life for their friend. And I don't think Jesus, I don't think our, our Lord was just talking about martyrdom there. I think Jesus was equally talking about the stuff uh, that, that daily ins and outs of, of our ordinary lives. He's talking about laying down, he's talking about sacrificing our schedules and our busyness and, and all the things that we feel entitled to, all of our expectations, laying them down. Putting our lives on hold for the sake of, for the sake of someone else. It's, it's us bearing the uncomfortable silences when there just aren't any words. It's, it's us sitting together and, and laughing together and crying together. It's us rising together and falling together, united not by, not by a, a same aspiration, but united by a common love. United by a love that stooped and bled and died a love that, that washed dirty feet and cleansed sinful souls. Jesus showed us how to do this. Because you know what? It, it is finished. That was just the beginning. Calvary wasn't the end because real love, it never ends. No, it just, it continues through us. And try as hard as they may, all the poets and all the songwriters who've ever lived, all the screenwriters, try as hard as they, they have to, to encapsulate, to distill, to crystallize the true essence of love into words. The real essence, the, the real matter of, of love, it's, it's, it's not a matter of, of words. Love is not a matter of, 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 of frilly words. It's, it's a matter of decisive action. Love's a choice. So choose, act, love. And um, I should probably quit while I'm ahead right now, but I'm not gonna, so forgive me. Like, love, y'all remember that. Uh, um, uh, I'm gonna tell you something in closing this morning that'll probably get me into trouble in Texas. I realize that, uh, but, but I grew up with this song. I grew up with this George Strait song, um, but but it wasn't until this week, uh, it wasn't until we were really kind of digging down into the lyrics, really working with it. I didn't realize this week that I actually didn't know, I've never known the words to that song. Uh, it was one of those songs that whenever it came on the radio, I would just sing along. I'd just make the words up as we went along. Um, and, and, and the real words, the actual words, they're really good. They're really powerful. And, and as I was as I was struck by that awareness, as I was struck by that realization, I started to wonder about us. I started, I started to worry about us. Because I wonder if that's how we are. I wonder if that's how we get about faith. I wonder if that's how we get, I wonder if we're that way about God. I wonder if we're that way about this. Or, or if we're that way about this, just kind of making it up as we go along, never really knowing what it says, always missing the power. Um, I mean, this passage that we read this morning, 1 Corinthians 13, I bet we've all, we've all heard it before, but have we ever really heard it? 
be honest with you, I think it's, I think it's a passage that's been cheapened. It's been cheapened by overuse and under practice. And, and, and that's just not, that's not the song that we're called to sing. And that's not the type of life that we were called to live because God has so much more in store for us. You see, our Father, our Father doesn't just love His children every now and then. His is a love without end. Amen. As we pray. Our God, um, this morning we confess that that we're just looking through a mirror dimly. We confess that we still don't understand God. We don't, we don't understand life. We don't understand love. We don't understand how or why you love us or how we're supposed to love each other. God, and try as we may to, to get it right, Lord, it is amazing how often we get it wrong. For, for that, God, we pray forgive us. Forgive us for, for loving you with, with strings attached. And this morning, God, we pray by the power of your spirit, snip them. Cut all those strings, God, and free us up. Free us up to, to truly obey. Free us up for a life of joyful obedience, Lord. Because we know that's the only place we'll be fulfilled. It's the only place we'll ever be happy. And Lord, this morning we pray, this morning, God, I pray. For, for that soul that's with us in here that, that needs to know, that needs to experience your love. I pray this morning, God, for that soul that doubts that you could love someone like them. God, let them know. Transform them by the power of your love. And God, I pray that for all of us as well. Transform us, change us, God. Bring down our walls, open our eyes. Help us to forgive, Lord. Help us to sacrifice. Move us and change us and have your way in us, God. For we offer you this prayer as we offer you our very hearts, as we offer you our very lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, whose love knows no end. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.